Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. I got a word. I got a word today that I'm excited about, and I think it's the perfect word to start the new year. Uh, We're going to start a brand new series. I'll tell you what the series will be entitled in a sec. But before we get into it, I want to say tomorrow, January 3rd, we are starting 21 days of prayer and fasting at Cool Church. Why is that important? Because, man, we got to like, like, I don't know about you. But every time a new year comes, I need to purge. I need to do like a hard reset. I want to start off on the right foot, man. I don't want to bring anything uh, into 2022 that I had in 2021. So I pray and I fast. So we're going to take 21 days to pray. You can join me on Zoom every day at 7.30 a.m. before you go to work. Okay, if you need the Zoom link, it should be provided there for you. Our online host can get that for you. It should have went out in the email this week. There should have been a Zoom link, 7.30, join me in prayer. Before your kids drive you crazy, before you go to work, some of y'all, I've seen it before you in your cars as you're going to work. Either way, just make sure you join me. I'm going to give you a fresh devotional every day, and then we're going to pray. I'm going to try to pray for as many prayer requests as I can. It's going to be 30 minutes, 7.30 to 8 o'clock. So I'm going to start promptly. And if you've been there last year, you know I don't start late. I start on time. To be early is to be on time. So get on the Zoom early. It's going to be turned up. It's going to be ready to go. And then it's not just prayer. It's prayer and fasting. Why do we fast? Fasting is a, is a biblical principle that really does things to shift your spiritual nature. Why? Because you deny things in the physical. For example, like food. And the time that I'm denying myself food What I will be doing is praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing. So I deny something in the physical so I can gain something in the spiritual. You can fast food. You can fast television. You can fast all kinds of things. Some of y'all know some stuff you need to stay away from for a little bit in uh, 2022. And once again, we've also sent out a fast track in the email. Some will be doing a 21-day Daniel fast, doing all vegetables. Some of y'all going, like me, you're going to do a liquid fast. Okay, I'm going to do a liquid fast. I've been doing that every year for, I don't know, as long as I've been a pastor. And it's a way for me to hard reset my life, not just physically, but spiritually. So I ask that you join us in that endeavor as we become a stronger church in 2022. Amen? So with that being said, I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. The book of Luke chapter 9. If you're doing your soap devos like a lot of us have been, soap means scripture, observation, application, prayer. We have actually, we're actually in the book of Luke right now. We're in Genesis and Luke, so this will be perfect for you. Luke chapter 9, Uh, We're going to read verse 51, and then we're going to jump down and read verses 57 through 62. Now, let me kind of give you a little caveat before I begin this message. I'm only going to preach to you based on Luke chapter 9, verse 51 today. The reason I'm giving you verses 57 through 62, because it's going to set up the rest of this five-week series. We're going to dig heavily into those verses for the next five weeks. But we can't do it unless we read Luke 9, 51. It's going to get us started, and it's going to give Cool Church's theme for the year. So, Luke chapter 9, verse 51, reads like this. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. I'm going to read that again. It's a powerful verse. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now I'm going to read Luke 9, 57 through 62. Now as he's going to Jerusalem, this happens. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. I love this. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Verse 59. He said to the man, to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. This is cold-blooded. Listen to Jesus. He said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That's harsh. That's heavy. And that's why you got to keep coming back for this series because I'm going to explain what that means. Verse 61. Still another said, 
I will follow you, Lord, but first, I will follow you, Lord, but first, <laughs> let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Verse 62, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And that is a good place for the saints to say amen, amen, and amen. If you are taking notes in this first message in the new theme series for Cool Church for 2022, I want you to entitle this message this, one word, reset, reset. I love that word that my wife gave. The Holy Spirit was speaking through her to set you up. It's foreshadowing this message right here. Reset. Let's play. Pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad. And God, I thank you for this time that we have together. God, I pray that as we take an honest inventory of our lives, we'd also take an honest moment to reset. I don't want to be who I was last year. I want to hit the reset button and be better than I ever was this year. God, we know that you can't have a hard reset in life without your son, Jesus. So God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. God, let these words not be mine. Let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray for the one that needs to hear this message to start their year off right. And I pray for the one that needs to know Jesus that doesn't know him. God, I pray you would introduce yourselves to new family members in 2022. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, I'm going to need some people to get way more excited. So for the next five seconds, can somebody give Jesus Christ a shout of praise? Mm. I'm going to preach as hard as y'all respond. That's what I promise you. So here we go. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I know I did. I love Christmas. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I love it because I love that I get to be generous and I love when people are generous towards me. Like, I don't care, I'm 40 years old. I like to get gifts. How many of you actually like, like to get gifts out there? Maybe you raise your hand in the chat. By the way, if you're watching this online, hit the share button, share this with somebody. I promise you, this is gonna help reset their year. But like, I love, I love gifts. I love to give gifts. I love to get gifts. And this year, my wife, she is the best gift giver I know, easily. Like, it's not even close. No one in the world gets me better gifts than my wife. I mean, she bought me my lovely son, Tupac, my American bully. He is my ride or die. He is with me everywhere. Literally the greatest gift I've ever had. He is the gift that keeps on giving. But this year, my wife got me something that I was not expecting. And it was, it was like kind of crazy because I knew it was really hard to find. And I, I just, you know, like I'm at, I'm at that point now, like now I'm 40. Now I know what my dad was feeling all those years. Like you get to a certain point, one, you already got everything that you pretty much want. So no one knows what to buy you. No one knows what to get you, right? So I'm like, yeah, if I don't get none, I'm good. Like I got what I want. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm not stressed out about it. But every now and then she surprises me. Oh, she's so sneaky. I like what's crazy is I don't even know how she got the gift in the house because at the time when she had to sneak the gift in the house, we was both quarantined in the house. So I thought I saw every move that she was making, but she was being sneaky in the background. I don't know if it was when I was sleeping. I don't know if it was when I was in the shower. But one day I'm going to find out when you got that gift in the house, girl. She snuck this gift in the house and Christmas morning comes and I'm sitting back uh, to my delight as my daughter's opening her gifts because parents love to see kids open their gifts. I'm, she's opening the gifts that I got her. Uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm feeling like the man because everybody opened their gifts and feeling good. And I'm like, I'm thinking it's done. I'm like, I ain't worried about no gifts. Like, I'm a grown man. I buy what I want. You know what I'm talking about? There was one gift left under the tree. I said, who that's for? Here go Joanne. Maybe Santa brought you a gift. You ever think about that? I said, for real? Let me see. So like I got, I'm 40, but I got kind of giddy. I was like, for real? <laughs> Let me see this gift. So I went to this gift. This gift was like, the box was huge. I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? Like, I must have been a good boy this year. You know what I'm talking about? I rip open this gift. And to my surprise, I almost had a heart attack and fell out, y'all. Let me, let me tell you something. And every fella, when I say what this gift is, you're going to get excited because you either got one or wish you had one. 
I ripped this thing open. Y'all, it was a PS5. Oh, my God. A PlayStation 5. And not like the bootleg PlayStation 5 that you see on Instagram where somebody taped a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 3 together and then their boyfriend opened it and he was so mad because it was two uh, PlayStations duct taped together. No! It was a real PS5. Almost had a heart attack because I haven't played video games since like 2013. It's been a long time. I'm like, I'm, I'm too grown for video games. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, I love video games. Y'all, I've been playing this thing nonstop. It was, so, it was so bad. I was playing one day. My wife left the house. She came back. I didn't even know she left, y'all. It was bad. I feel I, I, like I, I'm ashamed of myself. But I have fun. Like, you know, as a pastor, sometimes you just need some downtime where you're not thinking about, like, the troubles of the world, man. I get lost in, in Spider-Man. I felt so cool because, you know, Spider-Man's awesome. I wish I was Spider-Man, but I can't be in a video game. Love this thing. And it reminded me of when I was younger. Because when I was younger, I used to play video games. I'm so old, like I was around, me and my brother had a ColecoVision. That's how old I am, okay? We had ColecoVision. We had, some of y'all don't even know what that is. We had Atari. We had Nintendo. We had Super Nintendo. We had all the Nintendos. All the, we had all that stuff. But now I finally got a PS5. But here's the thing that I remember. And you know you old, when, you, know, you know you really old when you used to play Nintendo and your cartridges were messed up and you used to blow in the cartridge? Like, <laughs> like, what did that air do? It didn't change the cartridge. What did it do? <laughs> when I used to play video games, and I'm still like this now, I get into a game. And if I don't like the way a game is going, and I get frustrated, back when I had an old Nintendo, you know what I used to do? When I used to get upset, I'm like, yo, this ain't going right. I don't like my progress in this game. There was a button on that Nintendo, and it said reset. I used to press that button frequently. If I wasn't getting the score that I want to reset, if my brother was beating me in a video game and I ain't like how he was going, reset. He'd be so mad. Why you did that? I was winning. So reset. New opportunity. I like the PS5 now because I don't even have to press the reset button on the machine. I could just press the, 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 the PlayStation logo on the remote and it don't matter where I am in the game. It'll take me back to the home screen. I get to shut it down. Like some of these games getting so realistic. I'm getting terrified on my couch. I'm like, oh, oh Lord. Like I pressed the button to get me out of there because it's just, it's crazy. I like the thought of being able to hit a hard reset when things are not going the way that I want them to go. And if I could be honest, church, can I, can I be honest with y'all? Y'all still love me if I'm like really, really like brutally honest with us today to start the new year. I love church. I love God's people. And in 2021, we've done some very amazing things. My wife told you, we raised $127,000 in the heart for the house offering. As a church in total, you gave generously to the tune of $1.1 million. But let me tell you the best thing that happened in 2021, 767 people got saved by the power of Jesus Christ. I love church. And I love what this church has done. Last year, the theme was bigger. We've gotten a lot bigger in our influence. 700, 767 people is the most people we've ever seen saved in one year at our church. And we weren't even meeting physically for more than half of the year. All right? Not only have we gained bigger influence as it pertains to salvations, bigger as it pertains to our generosity. There's over 1,800 people in the cool church, having people are watching all over the world. We are bigger in our influence than we ever have been. And it's awesome. But if I could be honest, there's been some things that I've noticed in the last two years of church, not just our church, the capital C church. If I could be honest, there's a lot of things I want to hit the reset button on. Like, I, I don't know in all of my life, especially as it pertains to me being a pastor, I don't know that I've ever heard more excuses for people to stop coming to church than I have in the last two years. I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard so many reasons people are disconnecting themselves from church 
and doing it under the guise of I'm trying to be more spiritual. No, you're trying to be less accountable. It's the, it's the new year. Don't leave. Come back. I promise you I'll be nicer next week. I'm seeing a lot of things in, ch- in, in, in the capital C church that breaks my heart as a pastor. It's like, man, it, 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 it's just like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, get, I get, if I could be honest, I get kind of frustrated. People are like, Pastor T, I'm going I'm to I'm come back soon. You know, these, these COVID, this, you know, this Omicron, this Amarion, this Megatron, I, like this thing, man. This, this thing is, and I feel you. I, I feel you. I've, I've, I've experienced it. I've been through it. And, and, and let me tell you something. I, I honestly don't know any church that has played it safer than we have. I really don't, man. Why? Because we're family and we love people and we always put family first. So I always, Joe and I have always tried to put this church in a position to meet as safe as possible, whether it's physically or online. Even with that, though, I get all kinds of excuses. It's like those same people that say they don't come to church are those same people I see on vacation in Cabo. How'd you get there? Did, did you take a bus? I don't think that. Did, did you paddle boat there? No, you sat on an airplane with, in, in the closest proximity you could sit to another human. The same people that say, ah, I can't come to church. I don't know if it's safe. You already seen Spider-Man Far From Home. I ain't see it yet. I want to see it. But just like I come to church, some of, y'all scared, some of y'all scared to come to church for an hour and a half, but you sat through a two and a half hour movie in close proximity to people that you don't even know. But you can't come to church. I promise you I'll be nicer next week. I promise you. Like, I feel like the last two years since this pandemic has come to the earth, and I rebuke the pandemic in the name of Jesus. I, people say, man, I think we're just going to have to learn to live with this. I rebuke that, man. We're not going to live with this forever. I serve the God that can eradicate anything in the name of Jesus. I bind any enemy spirit that thinks they're going to last on this earth forever. You cannot last in Jesus' name because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. I, listen, I follow the science. I wear my mask. I'm vaccinated. But let me tell you something more than all of that stuff. I believe in Jesus. He can shut down anything he feels like shutting down when he feels like doing it. I'm not going to live with, with I'm not going to live a half life because I'm just hoping that something goes away when I know my God can take it away. Not going to live like that. If I could be honest, man, people I love have been highly complained. I'm not talking, listen, man, I'm not, listen, you immunocompromised and you got other stuff going on in life, man. I know people that have been in mourning, man, and they still, they still show up. They steady, like, oh my gosh. There's so many folks that are going through the worst times of their life and they've been so consistent. And, and then there's other folks that are just using the excuses of humanity to be their excuse to distance themselves from God. Their excuses. And we've become complacent as believers. I think all of us, to some degree, have become very complacent in our walk with God. And when I thought about the new theme for 2022, it was in October of 2021 after some time of reflection And there's only two words that I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me over and over and over in a time of prayer. He just kept saying, Terrence, you got to be all in. You got to be all in. All in. For the next five weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to be all in. We're not going to do this thing halfway ever again. We're going to be all in, not just with attending church, but the way that we live our lives. We're not going to be complacent Christians that just do some things because they feel good over here, but then they don't do certain things over here. Listen, I'm going after holiness, man. I'm not going after popularity. I want you to understand. I love grace, but I'm going to give you grace and I'm going to give you truth. I'm not just going to give you some of the word. I'm going to give you all of the word because we're not halfway with anything. God has called us to be all all in. We got to be all in. 
And I love All In for the theme of this entire year. Yeah, we grew bigger last year, but we're going to be All In this year because we're not going to be complacent Christians. This is why this series has to start on Luke chapter 9, verse 51, that says, as the time approached for him, him as Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, that means the closer he got to death on the cross, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This is the verse that we're going to lean into today. I told you the other ones are for the following weeks. But Jesus, I love that, I want to sit there, resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus was not reluctant, he was resolute. He was resolute. The Greek word for resolute is stay rizzo. Stay rizzo. I'm going to read the definition of stay rizzo to you. It means to make stable, place firmly, set fast, fix, to strengthen, to make firm, to render constant, to confirm one's mind. Jesus was resolute. He had made up his mind that although the cross was before him, he wasn't going to stop. He was going to go all the way. He wasn't going to be complacent about it. Jesus was focused. He was on mission and nothing could stop him from fulfilling the purpose that God gave him to on this earth because he was not just resolute. He was all in. Jesus was all in to everything that he ever decided to do. And he never made excuses about it on the way to the cross, man. Jesus was all God, but he was also all man. So he could have sinned, but he did not sin. Why? Because he resisted his human-like nature and embraced his God-like nature to show us the perfect example of what it looks like for a human to live on this earth. Was he happy about going to the cross? No. Did he skip to the cross joyfully? No. The Bible says that he sweat drops of blood. He had anxiety. He was depressed about it. He didn't feel good, but he didn't stop. He was all in to his purpose. Jesus was all in to the end. And the reality is there is no excuse for any of us to not live a life of faith to the fullest. Some of us, man, have been very complacent and very comfortable in our faith. I promise you, I promise you that Christianity was never meant to be comfortable. Some of y'all think y'all arrived in a place, man. Listen, we're not going to arrive until we get to the other side. This entire life is a journey. It's a journey. We are being perfected. We are being sanctified through this process of sanctification. I accepted Jesus, but there's a lot of stuff I got to work out in my heart as I continue to live. I'm not perfect. Jesus was perfect, but I continue to move forward towards him. And the why All In is a perfect message for right now, why we need to hear this today, because the only way you can live a year that is all in is if you take this moment right now to reset. This is why I love New Year's. This is why I love New Year's resolutions, because we have the perfect moment right now in the history of our lives and Cool Church to reset are thinking because the truth is this year is not getting it's not about getting what you want this year is about giving God what he wants from you how's that happen reset your thinking don't let this be the years where it's like oh I'm gonna get a house oh I'm gonna get a car oh I'm gonna get a wife oh I'm gonna get a husband no this should be the year where you say, I'm going to give God my heart. I'm going to give God my finances. I'm going to give God my time. I'm going to give God everything inside. Not what am I going to get? What am I going to give God this year? The only way that happens is if you reset your thinking. Today is a new year. And before we move into our new home, I want to make sure that we get some things right. Because if we move into a new home with old problems, those old problems are going to follow us to a new place. We're going to reset right here in the loft, right here online, before we go and see each other face to face next week. We need to reset. I want to provide an opportunity to reset the trajectory of this church because I don't want to move forward if we don't first remember who we are. 
You probably can't see the sign up behind me, but it says this is the mission of our house, that we will build strong families to build strong futures. If you ever wanted to know my agenda, if you ever wanted to know what the direction of this house is, we're gonna build strong families to build strong futures. That is our mission. So now you say, okay, I understand the mission. Well, maybe you don't really understand the mission. Let me, let me break it down for you. One of my favorite communicators of all time, Tony Evans said it like this. It says, messed up families, messed up people. Messed up people, messed up communities. Messed up communities, messed up cities. Messed up cities, messed up states. Messed up states, messed up countries. Messed up countries countries mess up continents, messed up continents mess up the world. He traces all problems back to family problems. If we can fix the problem in the family, then we can see this world actually become a better place. We're going to build strong families to build strong futures. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it through the lens of our core values. And now, as I say that, there should be seven words that come into your brain right now. And I'm sure uh, if you've been here for a long time, I know some of the OGs know those words, but if you're new, I don't want to assume. I want you to know what you're getting into from jump. There are seven words that define our core values. All our decisions are made through these values. All of our actions are made through these values. Our values encompass who we are and our values are what dictate our actions. If you're a part of Cool Church, you should know the values. You should know that we value love, that we value family. You should know that we value generosity. You should know that we value honor. We value excellence. We value service. We value creativity. These are seven words that were ingrained in the foundations of this house. Okay, and I want you to understand they are unique to this house. The church that I was launched from had a whole different set of values. But when we launched a new work, God gave us new values so that we can identify who we are as people that call themselves a part of the cool church family. And if you want to reset, the first thing you got to understand is how to reset your values. So I don't want to move one step forward in the 2022 unless you know what the values of Cool Church are. I want you to commit these to memory. These notes that you can get on the Cool Church app, man, save them somewhere. And I'll take, take it even a step further. After you watch this message today, there's actually seven messages online where Joe and I tag teamed this entire thought of our Cool Church values called For the Culture. Go back and watch those messages. It'll give you an in-depth picture of every value that I'm talking about. If you want to move forward with this church, you have a choice. There's churches everywhere. But if you want to be a part of this house, you need to know what this house is about. Too many people are a part of churches and they have no idea what the church even stands for or believes. I'm going to tell you what we believe because this is who we are. And this is what you can expect from us. And when you don't see this, you can hold us accountable to this because this is who we are. Amen? The first thing we're going to reset we're going to reset with love. We're going to reset with love. We know, and I say this, and you heard me say it today, we are created out of love, by love, and for love. You may know that, but you may not know the scriptural context for that. So I'm going to give it to you. Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The relationship that was worth dying for is the reason that God created us. He loved us so much. He loved us so much that he sent his son. You were, you were created because you're worth dying for. I want you to understand that. You're created out of love. And death in the cross allowed God to show us the full expression of his love for us. We're created out of love. But not only that, like I said, we're created by love. First John 4, 7 through 8 says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God does not just uh, show you that he loves you and what he did for you. God shows you what love is through who he is. God is, uh, love is not just what God does. Love is who God is. 
want you to understand that. I believe in love. I pray to love, and love is God. I want you to really understand that, man. He is the reason that I do everything that I do because I believe that he does not just show me who he is. He is who he is. Everything about him is an expression of one word and one word only. It's love. Not just created out of love and by love. We're created for love. I'm getting into detail because I don't ever want you again to say, man, I don't even know what these people stand for. We stand for love. We're not just created out of love and by love. We're created for love. For I love what Mark 12, 30 through 31 says. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is this. When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said this. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. Love your neighbor. We could talk all this love jargon all we want, but if we don't love people, it's fake. I don't want to give people fake love. They've experienced fake love too much. I want to give them the real thing. I want to show them I love them, not just with my words. I want to love them with my actions, man. You can, you, listen, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I said that last week, and I'm going to keep on saying it because I want love to be seen in action. We spent a whole week last week giving away a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people because we want to align with our values and show you what love is. For 1 Corinthians, I love it, 16. 14 says, do everything in love. If I ain't doing it in love, I'm not going to do it. It's a waste of my time. If I'm not going to put my all into it and put love behind it, it's not worth me doing. And it has to be the first value because the rest of these values are nonsense if they're not founded in love. Love is the foundation. That's why it's first. There's a reason to the order of these values. But secondly, you don't just reset with love. You got to reset with family. Reset with family. Whether it's the family you create, that means I created my family. I am the father of my family. I married my wife. She was the first person I brought into my family. Now we have a daughter. This is the family that we created. So whether it's the family that you create, whether it's the one you were born into, your family of origin. All of us come from somewhere. We got a mother. We got a father. We were not hatched. We all come from somewhere. Or the family you choose. That's your church family. People choose to be a part of all kinds of groups out there. But whether it's the family you create, the one you're born into, or the one you choose, family means you don't have to do life alone. The saddest thing in the world is that people think they got to be alone when they don't have to. You don't have to be alone. Family is not about being perfect either, man. Nobody has, I don't know anybody on the planet with a perfect family. Nobody has a perfect family, but it's about supporting each other on the journey towards God perfecting us. We are all growing. We are all changing. We are all shifting as God perfects us, man, as we become more and more like his son, Jesus. What's your family there to do? It's to support you in that journey. If you're not supporting me in my faith journey, I can't call you family. Like, like, like I need people that's going to pray for me. I need people that's going to like point me to a scripture. They're not going to point me to a self-help book. They're going to point me to a scripture. Yeah, yeah. I need people that's going to encourage me with the word when I'm down. I need people that will support me in my faith journey and encourage it and, and hold me accountable to it. It's about comfort and realness, man. I don't want any fake people around me. I don't have time for it. Like, have we not learned in these last two years how short life is? I don't want to do it with fake people. I want to do it with real people that I call family. I ain't got time for friends anymore. I got family. So I call everybody brother. I call everybody sister because all I have time for in my life now is family. This is why Galatians, here's the scriptural context, 6.10 says, Galatians 6.10, therefore, I love what the apostle says here. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to what? All people, the Bible says. But here's the best part. Especially. So it gives you a command. But then he says, take it to another level. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. What does it say? Especially those who belong to what? I love the word he chooses. Family of believers? Why church folk treat other church folk worse than they treat people outside of church? That's a direct disrespect to what the apostle is telling us to do. He says, man, you got to treat everybody good, especially people that are a part of the family of faith. And I love that all because I got to do good to all people, 
all means all colors, all social and economic statuses, all genders, all political ideologies, all cultures, all religions. I need to treat everybody good, especially. Let's fill this in for the cool church family, especially my cool church family. Like, we shouldn't be arguing and bickering. We shouldn't be petty. We shouldn't be gossiping about one another. We're family. Let me tell you something. Other people, let me see. other people, man, listen, listen. I, I, could, I, could, I could talk about my family because I talk to them in their face. Don't go talking to my family. If I got an issue with my family, I'm going to deal with them. Don't, don't, don't let me catch you talking about my family. It's my family. I stick up for my family. I treat my family better than I treat other people. Why? Because I love them. They are close to me. We are on a journey together to all grow together. I got to treat, we need to learn to treat church people specifically better because the apostle tells us that we got to treat them better, especially those that belong to the family of believers. I love that verse. I love that verse so much because the family that you get to choose is your church family. Don't dog your church family. Don't disrespect your church family. You treat your church family with extra special care. I've seen too many people that leave church because they thought they was a part of family and they got dogged out worse here than they did outside in the world. We got to do better for our family, man, because families don't fight with each other. We fight for each other. We fight for each other. We can't just reset with family. We got to reset with generosity. We got to reset with generosity. Man, it's a, it's a blessing to give. That's what all last week was all about. And the blessing, I love this. Listen to the definition that we're giving generosity. It's a blessing to give. The blessing is in the act, not just in what is received, and we give our time, talent, and treasure. I want to go back. The blessing is in the act, not just in what is received. That means... Whether I get something or not, I'm blessed because I get to give. I get, that's a whole different mind frame, man. I'm blessed because I get, and I want, I'm telling you this because I want to challenge you in these areas in 2022. You can't keep doing the same thing. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, 11, and 12. I'll break every verse down. Verse uh, 10 says, how he, says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your store of seed and will increase the harvest of your righteousness. I love this. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower. Who is he? He is God. So what is that trying to tell us? True generosity flows out of an understanding that everything is God's and none of it's yours. I'm generous because I know it's not mine. I own nothing. I own nothing. I don't own the clothes on my back. I, own no I don't even own this body. It's on loan to me to live on earth. Everything I have belongs to God. So many people are not generous because they think they earned something that they had nothing to do with. It's not yours. It's God's. Don't care how hard you work. Everything belongs to God. But look at this, 2 Corinthians 9-11. You will be enriched in every way to be what? Generous on every occasion. To be generous on every occasion so that through us, your giving will produce thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched in every way to be generous on every occasion. You don't just give because you understand that God owns everything. You also understand that in God giving you stuff, he has an agenda. He wants to bless us so that we can bless others. Yes. The whole point of us, of anybody getting abundance in life, getting more than what you need, because that's what abundance means. Not, it's not for you to keep it to yourself. It's so that you can bless other people. I've said this often. I've never gone broke being generous, man. God gives me more, and I just give, man. And some people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, ah, I got to return it because he knows that if he can get it to me, he can get it through me. But look at the last part, 2 Corinthians 9, 12. It says, for this ministry of service is not only supplying the, seed, the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Whether you are giving or receiving generosity, what is that verse telling you? You should thank God. When you give, say thank you. When you receive, say thank you. Bro, uh, brother Ben, who was here, man, he, he gave offering talk the other week, you know, a, a couple weeks ago. He's like, man, when you write in your note in the offering, just write thank you. Because you're thankful that you get to give. 
I love that. Every time I give, I, man, I'm telling God, thank you. Thank you, because I know none of this stuff is mine, and I know you only gave it to me because you want me to bless somebody else. My life is blessed, and I know you gave me more because you want me to bless somebody else. That's a cool message to preach. Harder one to live. I'm going to do something right now that's random. Um, in the spirit of generosity, I feel like I need to start this year the way we ended last year. So I just I found out um, last week, one of my, my dear friends, Pastor Terrence Mullins, he, um, he's starting a church in Pembroke uh, Pines. That's our, our neighbor, literally, um, to the north of us, the city north, north of us. And, man, he got a phenomenal work going. Him and his wife, Emma, they're awesome, amazing children. Building up a core team, man, killing it. And they um, were going to officially launch um, in a couple weeks. And they have a trailer. Uh, that's what church plans do. We got trailers with all, all our stuff in it. It's like sound equipment, kids equipment, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I know he wouldn't have any problem with me reporting this. He, he put it out on social media as well, so I'm not saying anything that's not common knowledge. Anyways, last week on Christmas Eve, someone stole their entire trailer. $80,000 worth of equipment and the trailer. I, I honestly say it's probably really more like $100,000 worth of stuff if you include the trailer in it. hundred grand, gone. There, now, now when, when he told me, I, I put myself in this situation because I remember, I remember January 27, 2019, and I remember all my hopes and dreams as a church planner. And if somebody would have stolen all the equipment that it takes for us to do church, all the generosity that people have blessed us with to be a blessing to the kingdom, I'll be honest with you, I think he's a better man than me. I might have bowed out the fight. I, I might have I been like, God, I don't think I can do it. Like, maybe this is a sign I shouldn't be doing this. And when I got to call him and I encouraged him, man, he was just encouraged as ever. And he was like, you know what? We're going to get through this. He doesn't know I'm going to do this. I said, man, we're going to help him whatever way we can. I'm going to figure it out. He don't know I'm going to do this. I'm going to call him right now. He may or may not pick up his phone because he could be in church or something. I don't know. I'm going to just call him. I'm going to call him, and I'm going to see. If, if he doesn't pick up, we're still going to bless him. But it'll be more fun if he picks up. Wouldn't it be fun if he picks up? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me see this here. This is how we ended 2021. We're going to start 2022 the same way, being generous, because generosity is fun. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Terrence, man, pick up, please. Please, pick up. Pick up. Pick up. He might not pick up. He literally may be in church because he's still figuring out how to do it. In the name of Jesus, pick up your phone. I promise you, you'll be very happy if you do. Please pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Don't you hate that when like, people leave you on red and stuff? You'd be like, pick up your phone. Hello? G'day, this is Terrence Mullings. Sorry I didn't get a chance to pick up your call right now. But if you do leave me your name and your number, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks. God bless you. Pastor Terrence, this is Pastor Terrence. We have the same name. It's cool. I'm standing in front of my entire church family right now, and I know you'll get this later. Um, but um, I decided that uh, it would be very awesome to do something awesome for you. We, we, me and my wife have been in prayer, and the church stands behind you. We stand behind the work you're doing in Pembroke Pines, and we're going to give you a check for $5,000 to help replace some of the stuff that you lost, brother. We love you. We are with you. If the devil messing with you like this now, then, then Pembroke Pines ain't even ready for the spirit of God that's about to fall on that place. Man, I love you. God, I pray right now you bless him and Emma and their kids. And God, I pray you return everything they lost and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, brother. Hit me up at the church. Peace. <clears throat> Listen, you cannot go broke being generous. I promise you, man. This is Capital C Church. It's not just what we could do. Oh, well, too, too, too bad for them. They should have did. No. All my brothers now, that's all right. We got it. We generous. We going to help them. Because I pray to God that if it ever happened to us, somebody would step in and remember our generosity. I'm telling you, man, generosity is who we are. 
But don't just reset with generosity, reset with honor. Reset with honor. Listen, not only do we respect others because of a position, we respect them because they are a person. I'm going to repeat that for the people in the back because a lot of people only respect for position, but we take it a step further. We do not just respect others because of position. We respect them because they are a person. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. The honor you give people should go beyond anything you would even give yourself. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. We honor from the parking lot to the pulpit. And we expect that when you come into our space in our home, you honor people the same way. Don't get mad at the parking attendant when they're trying to help you. Don't get mad at the host when she's trying to take you to your seat. We honor you. We would ask that you honor us because there is no prerequisite for us to honor you. What I am annoyed by, and I've seen this in the last two years in the complacency of the church, I'm sick of trash honor. I'm tired of it. I'm, I got I to say trash honor because that's how the kids talk. They, when you say something's trash, they get that it's really bad. <laughs> like, 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 there are people right now, you'll come to the church and you'll smile up in my face and you'll honor me, but you don't go home and honor your husband. That's trash honor. There's people right now, you'll go up in your boss and smile up in their face because they're giving you a paycheck, but you'll go home and you'll dishonor your wife. That's trash honor. There, 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 are, there are youth right now that I know that's watching this. You honor people that you think are worthy of respect, but you don't even honor your parents. That's trash honor. That's trash. There's certain people, man, you honor a group of people because they look like you, act like you, walk like you, talk like you, but you can't honor somebody of another culture, color, race, or creed. Honor is not just about the people that you like. Everyone is worthy of honor because everyone is a child of God. The Bible tells us that we honor people above ourselves, man. Stop coming with this trash honor. Don't come to the house and act like you honor your pastors and then you go home and you don't honor your entire family. That's trash honor, man. We honor up down all around and we are vocal with our honor man you know when we leave this place when, 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 when the cameras go off we're gonna get in the circle you know what we're gonna do we gonna we gonna honor one another man you did so good on that camera today whoo yo chile that sound whoo that thing was on point kina the way you set the table man we we all was taking care of all you had all the snacks out i always honor the people that bring the snacks for sure rick yo man i'm telling you the way the way you directing the day was awesome kishana you know you bring that energy we're gonna do that why because we are vocal with our honor because often i've done more funerals this year and then i have in in my entire time of being a pastor and that's about 16 years now and let me tell you something the only time where i know everybody honors is after somebody's gone i don't want to wait till the people that i love are gone in order for me to honor them. I want to look them in their face. I want to look them in their eye. I want, I want to be eye to eye, soul to soul, and say, man, I love you. I honor you. I appreciate you. You are the best thing that has ever happened to me because I don't want them to not be here before I speak honor over their life. Man, we honor every way up, down, all around, and we are vocal with our honor but we can't just reset with honor we got to reset with excellence we do the best with what we have we do more with less we will steward what god has given us well why are we not in the school this week because we knew we weren't going to give you something that was excellent we want to give you the most excellent presentation of the gospel possible so we said we're gonna wait until we do it right so many people rush into stuff and they do it halfway when they could have done it all the way if they'd have just taken a little more time and just because i don't have all the resources in the world doesn't mean that i can't do something excellent i just use what i have well some of y'all don't start stuff because you think you ain't got everything you need to start it no you just need to learn how to use what god has provided you with well that's what excellence does. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not men. You see, just, just with that right there, some of y'all are working for the wrong boss. 
Stop working for people. I'm not telling you quit your job now, but whatever job you have, you can work at Amazon. It doesn't mean that you work for Jeff Bezos. You better pack them packages with love as if you are packing them for the Lord himself. It does not matter where you work. It does not matter who the CEO is. I only work for one CEO, and his name is J-E-S-U-S, -S, and I do everything to the fullest because I don't work for man. I work for God. You'll change everything you do when you do it for God because he is the one that is worthy of our work. Look at Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. When you're excellent, it's going to get you noticed by the right people. Some of you want to get in a better circle, but your work is trash. <laughs> you're not excellent. You got to be excellent if you want to get in front of the right people. People ask me and Joe how we get to the places that we get. It's because, man, whatever we choose to do, we choose to be excellent at it. It's a choice. We don't have all the money in the world, I promise you. But we figure out ways to do things the right way. And people respect you when you do things the right way. Excellence is a mindset that says it can always be better than what it is right now. Because here's the truth. You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. Some of you, your year will be just like last year because you tolerate it. You allow it. You cannot change what you are willing to. An excellent spirit says, I cannot live the life that I lived last year. I, I, I got to get better. I can't be eating ice cream sandwiches every night this year. I, I, I got to get better. I, I need to take my wife on more dates. I need to get better. Like an like a, a, a excellent mentality says, that wasn't good enough. I know I could do better. I know that there is more inside of me. The only thing that will stop you from living in excellence in 2022 is you. Yeah. Have an excellent attitude. Not only do I believe and declare that the best is yet to come, because that sounds like the right thing to say for every preacher on the 2nd of January, on the first Sunday of 2022. Not only do I declare that the best is yet to come, I will not tolerate 2022 being like 2021. I'm going to change. I can't change. I can't change anything in the scenario except me. So I'm going to make some changes because I'm going to live a life of excellence that demands better than where I am right now. Amen. Number six, we almost there, y'all. You got to reset with service. Reset. Oh, man, I, I'll never forget. Years ago, before I started the church, I, I had the opportunity to stay um, at the Ritz-Carlton with my wife. And I have a friend there, which is why we got to stay there. And, man, this is the best service I ever had in my life. I tell this story all the time, but everywhere I went, it was like, yes, Mr. Wilson. Oh, would you like more gummy bears, Mr. Wilson? Oh, Mr. Wilson, would you, would you like uh, more marshmallows in your cocoa, Mr. Wilson? I mean, I was like, wow, this is like the best service ever. And I asked my guy, Alan, I said, yo, why they treating me so good, man? I mean, I know I'm paying customers, but, like, I just never seen service like this. And he pulled out a card in his pocket. And Rich Carlton has a creed, and the creed is this. We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. I said, man, that's good. I'm about to start a church. I'm going to steal that. And I did. And this is what service stands for with us. We are brothers and sisters serving brothers and sisters. Because we're family, man. We're going to treat everybody like we would treat our own family. And not just like any. I'm talking about the family you like. <laughs> Not the family. We're going to treat people like our favorite person in our family. Every person I encounter, I'm going to let them know that I'm serving them like they are my family member because we are brothers and sisters serving brothers and sisters. That's why 1 Peter 4 and 9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. If you're going to serve, don't complain about it. That ain't helping anybody. If you come early to unload the trailer, do it with a smile. I don't need to hear, well, nobody else was here when I was here. Man, shut your behind up and unload the trailer. If you came to do it, do it. Do it with a smile on your face. Man, why am I the last one here putting stuff away and everybody left? What? Well, you decided to serve, right? You decided to serve? Who says service was going to be easy? If you're going to do it, don't complain about it. Just do it. Because when you complain about it, you're doing it unto self. But when you smile while you're doing it, you're doing it unto God. If you're going to serve, don't complain. But look at what 1 Peter 4.10 says. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What am I saying? God gave us all unique skills to serve him. 
There's so many people that got gifts and skill sets that have never used them in church, and it draws me nuts. I can sing, but I ain't going to sing there yet. I ain't ready. Who are you saving it for? The shower ain't getting nobody saved. Karaoke ain't getting nobody saved. Like, there's people I know that got voices and could play instruments and could draw and could paint and could design, and you're doing it because you're getting the paycheck, but you can't do it for the one that gave you the gift? Like, are you serious? Like, your boss didn't give you that gift, but they paying you. Oh, I'm getting paid. Well, I, I guess eternity is not a good payment. I, I, I guess eternal life and, and sacrifice for your life wasn't enough, huh? Use what God is giving you for his glory. People wonder why our business excels. It's because it's not, we're not trying to grow the Wilson-like like company. We're trying to grow the kingdom. Everything we have, we just give it back to God. I want, like, I don't have a business degree. I don't have a fashion degree. What I do have is a servant's heart. Everything that we do, we do unto God, and God takes care of the rest. Stop holding back, like, stop holding back gifts and keeping them secret in God's house like you're doing somebody a favor. Look at 1 Peter 4.11. It says, if anyone speaks, they should, do, uh, they should do it as one that speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, I love this, they should serve with the strength God provides. If you're going to serve, don't grumble. Do it for God, but serve strong. It says do it with the strength that God provides. Man, don't come with no weak service. If you're going to serve, do it all the way. Do it to the best of your ability. If you're here, like be here. If you're going to be present, be engaged. It's not enough just to be around anymore. If you're going to be all in, we got to serve stronger than we ever have before because we are living in a world that doesn't understand what it means to serve others. People want to take from one another all the time, but they don't want to serve one another. What if the capital C church would get down on our hands and knees and serve people the way that Jesus served, even if it humiliates us, even if it hurts us, even if it doesn't feel good, I'm going to serve all the way to the end because I serve strong. But lastly, you got to reset with creativity. Creativity is our final value. You see, I don't believe a creative is a person that just knows how to paint or draw or sing or dance or write poetry or act. The definition of creativity at Cool Church, creatives are problem solvers. A creative person solves problems. We don't get frustrated by problems. We get excited because we got an opportunity to create new solutions and to innovate. We believe that creatives are spirit-led. Anytime I got a problem in front of me, the first thing I do is bow my head, close my eyes and say, God, give me an answer I've never seen before. I know you designed me to solve this problem, God, so I pray that the spirit of creativity in me would rise up to provide a solution that the world has never seen before. Creatives of spirit. Stop relying on your own creativity and rely on the spirit inside of you. Some of you looking for the answers to a problem. You need to look within to the Holy Spirit that God has placed in you because it's an answer to a problem that the world has. So how do you know that I was born to be creative? Because the first thing in the Bible lets you know that. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It goes on later to say that we are created in his image. If we are created in the image of God, and in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, then we are all creative aspects of our creator God created to solve a problem on this earth that is here before us but should not be here after we're gone. If you're living in your true creative purpose, by the time you're done, a problem should be solved. A problem should be solved because I live my life well on this earth. I'm a creative aspect of the creator God. And God didn't just create us out of love. He created us to create. That's why humans are so creative, man. We can't help but to create stuff. The Mona Lisa, the Sistine Chapel. It doesn't matter thing after thing. We keep on creating. But what if you use your creativity for what it was designed for to solve a problem on this planet? Some of you are wondering what your purpose is. I want to ask you, what problem's in front of you?
be creative. Be creative and God will give you what you need to solve it. Reset with love. Reset with family. Reset with generosity. Reset with honor. Reset with excellence. Reset with service. And reset with creativity. Because at the end of the day, we're made in the image of God. And he loved us so much. And when we couldn't figure this out, he did something creative. <laughs> so I love creativity so much. And I know some of you have heard the mission and you've heard the values. You say, T, I, I mean, everything you're saying sound good. It sound right to start the year. But you can't hear everything I just said and then not make a decision. Like you have to actually make a decision. Are you, you going to be all in? You're going to be halfway in? You're going to have one foot in, one foot out. You're going to be hot. You're going to be cold. You're going to be lukewarm. Like you can't know our mission and hear our values and then just choose to stay on the sidelines. You got to be all in. I know when I say that, there's going to be people that say, man, I can't be all in, man. You don't know what I've done. I can't be all in. You don't know. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I am. You, I, I promise you, like, the values, they sound good for church folks, but, man, you don't know me. I messed up. I messed up, man. God can't use me. Them values sound nice, but I don't know, I don't know how I can live up to that, man. I can't, I can't do it. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you think you are. A creative God made you, and he created you out of love, by love, and for love. He loves you. Let me tell you the truth. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. If you heard nothing else I said today, hear this. It's never too late to hit the reset button. It's never too late to reset your life. It is never too late. And I love Jesus because he never asked you to do things that he hadn't done himself. He was all in. He was resolute on his way, even unto death. Why'd he do it? He was all in because he wanted to show you how much that he loved you. And he wanted to give you an opportunity, a favorable time for the attainment of the goal to hit the reset button on your life. You're not too far. You're not too done. You're not too used up. I can't think of a better day for somebody to hit the reset button on their entire life. These values ain't gonna mean anything if you don't hit the reset button on your life. Maybe you believed and you've been running for the last couple years. Maybe you've never believed before. It's okay to reset because Jesus will give you a fresh start. You say, how do you know that? Because of the Bible. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, Say from the, you, he was raised from the dead. He says, you're a new creation. That's literally how you hit the reset button. What do you mean? Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you get the reset. If you want this year to be better than last year, you have an opportunity right now, wherever you are, to hit the reset button on your life. Jesus is the reset button on your life. Are you all in? You have a choice. You have an opportunity right now in this moment. Every head bow, every eye closed. My call is simple. My call is clear. Do you want to hit the reset button on your life? You want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? All you got to do is say yes to Jesus and he will start you over. Don't worry about your past. Just know that God holds your future in his hand. He loves you. There's nothing you've done that takes you too far to press the reset button on your life. Every head body, every eye closed, call is simple, call is clear. I want to hit reset. I want Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. On the count of three, wherever you are, I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. Saying, Pastor, my hand's up because I want to reset. I want 2022 to be better than 2021. The only way it's going to be better is if you reset your thinking. It's not about what you can get from God. It's about what you give to God. And if you want to reset, you have to give him 
your entire heart. Not all, not some of it. You need to give them all of it. You got to be all in in 2022. All in. That's you. I can't see your hand because can't see through the camera, but God does. He sees that you want to reset today. But more than your hand, guess what? He sees your heart. So if you are hitting the reset button on your life today, I want everybody in the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer after me so that you can reset. And this could be your best year ever in the history of your life. Say, dear Jesus, I need everybody to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I hit the reset button on my life. I'm all in to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, if you said that prayer, this about to be the greatest year of your life because the Bible says you are reset. You are all in. You are brand new in Jesus Christ if you said that and meant that in your spirit. And I can't open up the heaven and show you, but the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. The angels are cheering. So cool church, you already know what to do. Start hitting those claps. Start hitting those likes in the comments. Turn up in the live studio audience in the count of three. We about to turn up for everybody to let them know that we are proud of them hitting the reset button on their life. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters that said reset today. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited. Because this year, I'm going all in. All in is about being a disciple. And I'm going to do everything I got to do to be the greatest disciple of Jesus Christ that I can be. Next week, we're going to lean in to Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. As we break that down for the next five weeks, man, I promise you, it's going to be the greatest season of your life. Join me for prayer Monday, 730 and next week. Next week. You can watch online if you want to, but I promise you, ain't going to be nothing like being in the house of the Lord. Miramar High, we coming for you. We're going to change the atmosphere. It's going to be our new home. It's going to be our best year yet. Can't wait to see you in person. Reach towards me. Let me bless you before you go. Father God, thank you for the greatest people in all the world, the people of Cool Church. Bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in, they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this year of their life will be the best year of their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, love y'all so much. God bless. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.